0: Hello, everyone. My name's Craig Griffiths. And I'm Justin Blackett. And this is the live episode of Pipcast uh, that we're trying out today. Uh, We're going to be recording our episode, uh, but we're going to be on uh, Periscope as well, so you can obviously give us questions while we're recording. uh, Just give us some
1: feedback absolutely um, join us uh, and this obviously we'll record uh, and so you better watch us in the future uh, which will be fantastic uh, I hope everyone is well we've got a, a listener that's already uh, joined the world
0: this week's episodes, we're going to have a fantastic interview uh, from the team of EZIO, uh that was done a couple of months ago now um, during one of their training days we've got interviews from uh, one of the trainers and a few of the delegates who were there as well um, who attended the day and their feedback from it
1: yeah, so it was a really good day. Uh, I managed to capture some really good audio from the instructors um, and some of the candidates as well that were there. They were both, uh, there were two both ODPs there that I was able to capture. So it was good to talk to them. Uh, and it's just a good opportunity to promote the fact that we as ODPs have many other courses that we can access. Uh, and the Teleflex EasyIO Airway Cadaver Lab was really, really good. So that will be a, a, a certainly feature on this episode.
0: As for last week, do a bit of a recap. Uh really thankful to rose and alex uh, who were the students who were on the panel last week they gave some fantastic information also to lauren for her fantastic interview about her trip to nepal Um, really really nice to get their perspectives we hopefully answered some of your questions uh, that you students prospective students um, current students or even maybe some practicing odps uh, wanted answered or wanted some information on in terms of um, you know, uh, going away on placements or charity work, or 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 starting university for the first time in a course such as ODPS.
1: No, we've got some really good feedback, haven't we, since yes. the episode from uh, other students that have listened in, um, uh, and some students that have just joined the profession. So hopefully. As time goes by, they will find that episode even more useful. Uh, Michelle Paddy uh, messaged us on Twitter uh, to mention how useful it was, and I think she's planning on putting an iTunes review online, which is good. Talking about that, guys, we would really, really appreciate for you to uh, just go to iTunes if you're listening on our Apple device. Uh, And, of course, new with the new iOS 11, it's really, really useful and really helpful and easy now to review our episodes. And so if you're able to, we'd really like a review of the episode. It helps us in our kind of ratings as well. Um, And just put down what you feel how the episode has gone or how Pipcast is. So we'd really like that. Uh, If you're not on iTunes, then don't worry. There's plenty of opportunities for you to also rate us. Uh, If you listen to us on uh, SoundCloud or Stitcher or Podbean, Drop us a review. We'll get that information, uh, and it just really helps the kind of position of Pipcaster. Yeah, exactly. We we need this only works with you guys listening uh, and
0: your feedback, and we want to get your feedback and 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 create episodes that you want to hear. Uh, for instance, we will have uh, Tom, who's a ED practitioner, coming on the show in a future episode to talk about how he became an ED practitioner. Um, from uh, from starting off as an ODP yeah. uh, that's something that a lot of students and a lot of practitioners have wanted to hear about how we go about doing that um, so hopefully we can bring that to you uh, and that's a result of feedback from you guys you can also go onto our Facebook page uh, which is just search for Pipcast uh, give us a nice review there uh, maybe like the page, share it with your friends uh, colleagues, students uh, whatever, really helpful for us uh, to get as many people out there listening to Pipcast, giving us some feedback, and also getting involved, getting involved in the conversation, maybe you've got an interesting story or course or a bit of information that you want to share, or, or you've seen our reviews that we've done, um, episodes with uh, Perioptive Logbook, Peri- Perioptive App on the Go, um, and a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Pumpbridge.
1: Yeah. And so we're, we really want to help people promote what they're up to. And if, if if there's new things on the market or there's information that you want to share with the whole community that is the ODP world, then get in touch with us because this is becoming the one-stop shop for ODPs to come along to, have a listen to what's going on. Um, and it's a great way to promote that. And we and we do try to stay impartial, so obviously we'll have yes. uh, uh, everybody on um, to promote what they're up to. Um, and that's I think that's really important in the modern-day world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're hoping
0: to get some uh, interviews with uh, some people of, um, I say, importance, but I mean, you know, uh, people in high positions uh, that affect us as ODPs. Uh, we're hoping to get someone from the CoDP to have an interview with them, yeah, um, and talk about kind of the history of the CoDP and where it might be going in the future. We've also potentially got uh, someone from the Society of ODPs, which started uh, a few. Uh, well, nearly a year ago. Yeah. yeah I, mean, it, I mean, I don't um, know
1: too much about it, but we no. certainly, I think, we're asking questions and they're yes. the same questions you're probably asking too. Absolutely. Uh, and so we thought actually get them on and have a chat about what they stand for, what's their vision, and how does that kind of encompass us as ODPs. Yeah. Because um, I think we are at a really important time in our career being AHP status. I think we've all agreed when we've talked to other ODPs that we need some kind of unified approach. Uh, and so we're looking for that as well as you are Um, and so hopefully We'll get some of those answers. Yeah, uh, we probably won't have all the answers, but we'll certainly have some.
0: We'll have a go. Uh, we might try and get someone uh, like Sheila Morris, who's the deputy for allied health professionals. Maybe get her on the show or, or a quick chat to see if uh, see how she feels about us moving the profession forward, how we're going to work in this new family of professions that we've now joined. Um, but we want to hear from you, more importantly, if if you have um, uh, an idea you want to share, um, if you have. Uh, input you want to put in about the profession where it's going um please get in touch with us you can get in contact with us uh, in a number of ways you can get in contact with us on twitter if you're watching this which is at odp pipcast uh, the facebook page as i have mentioned or you can go to uh you can email us or get on touch with us at skype at odp pipcast at gmail.com
1: uh, and don't be afraid to contact us. I know it's a bit nervy speaking to people you don't know, and that's why well, we've done a bit more Periscope, so we've got some faces behind those crazy voices that you're <laughs> listening to. Um, but please get in touch with us, and, and, and Skype's a good way as well, so you can leave us a voice message, so can let it ring until it gets to the point where I asks you to leave a message, and leave a message, and if it's some audio that you want to feature from the Pipcast, then we can. We can literally splice that and place it onto our GarageBand band. Um, but actually, if you would love to talk to us, or you've got a subject you want to kind of uh, d- d- talk to other ODPs, then please do get in contact with us. There's plenty of people out there, and we've got lots in the line ready to come and talk to us. But yeah. actually, there's still always new people that we want to hear. For the rest of this
0: sort of episode, we were hoping uh, maybe to do a bit of a journal review, but the review the journal hasn't come out recently. Yeah, we've got a bit not... of a a lag of the afpp journal this 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 month uh there is the elections going on uh of which we have got uh, four out of four. five four. candidates i say we four out of five of the candidates are odps uh which can only mean good things for us as a profession in terms of that you know 80 percent of the new candidates are odps uh so our representation is going up um more and more, whether they get it or not, or, or, or the other or the person does, it doesn't matter. The fact that we're being represented at
1: that level is is fantastic. Um, and a good friend of ours, Desita Taylor, yes, who's a, who who a, who a Pipcast fan, she's within her profession, and within her job, promoting Pipcast at the university level, which is fantastic, good new listeners. Far be uh, she, it from us to not get involved in absolutely. swaying absolutely. your opinion. Absolutely, but... Uh, 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 yeah, it's it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff.
0: Um, unfortunately, we do have to probably mention uh, the events that have been going on the last couple of days as they relate to sort of uh, responses from people in healthcare and things like that, uh, attacks in Las Vegas. We had the um, Catalan sort of protests um, and lots of people getting injured and, and those people will be going on and... and going to various emergency rooms and operating theatres of our respective colleagues um, yeah. in other countries. Uh, whether they be, times are tough out there. Yeah, right, whether it be they, respiratory they... techs or anything like that. Um, I can't imagine how difficult that is. I I have, thankfully, never been involved in an um, incident of that kind. Um, and I can't imagine what it would be like. Uh, so just... Uh, thoughts go out to everyone, sort of involved families and stuff like that. Yeah, we do um, know we
1: have some American listeners to Pipcast so our thoughts, as we said before, to to those people who are working hard. And actually, if you've got a story that you want to share with us, where you've been put in a very difficult position, where I mean, it, it seems to be, which is awful to say, a common occurrence now that up mm. and down the country, there's clearly an operation, an OR, an, an, an operating room that's becoming live due to an incident. Um, if you've got a story that you're happy to share with us. Obviously, uh, uh, keeping everyone happy with our employers, of course. But uh, if you want to share those stories with us, then please get in touch because it'd be good Mm. to talk about it and share some of those experiences. Um, and there are people who will want to listen yeah we can totally
0: anonymize all sort of uh, people who enter discussions everything like that we will uh, totally be on board with that but sometimes it's nice to um, to hear from people who have been involved in those sort of situations in terms of how did they deal with it uh, you know how can we help them um, and what might we do in those situations so um so what we're going to do now is we're going to troll sort of not troll uh, we're going to <laughs> we're going to look through uh, some of bits of social media see what's been coming up the last um, last few days and have a little discussion about uh, you know what's going on in the in the world of ODPs Um, I know a lot of people have started university um, and that is a difficult time when you're going into placements and and, and new places and stuff like that so uh, well done those who have graduate who have uh, started university we hope you're enjoying it we're hoping you're enjoying your first lectures um, your first placements Um, do you have any tips, Justin, for people starting off?
1: Goodness me, I think uh, I think it's managing your expectations, I think. You, you walk into your first placement or walk into university and you just need to go in with your eyes open yeah. uh, and just engage with the department. I think if, if you're the student that sits in the corner that's really nervous to involve yourself with what's going on, then you, you soon miss out on really vital learning environments. And I think it was mentioned on our last episode that if you just go in and be really keen, there obviously is a fine line. But be really keen to to learn from your mentors and learn from the people around you, because everyone in that theatre will think they know something you need to know. Mm. And so, if you allow that opportunity to for the for the mentors or the staff to talk to you, then you'll I think get embedded really quickly. Yeah, I totally echo that. Um, I think
0: there is there is an aspect of this is a this course is a, is about or your course will involve people and and talking to people and communicating with people and you cannot unfortunately get along with everyone. Um, But in going through that course with different mentors who have different personalities, some that will really gel with you, some that may not, um, actually the skills you'll learn Uh, will be about how to communicate with those people, how to get on with those people professionally, even if personally uh, you might differ in opinions or anything like that Um, a lot of your placements is kind of about playing that kind of Um, mentorship student game as much as it is about the actual practical aspects of the job Mm. Um, there is something to be learned from every placement is what I'll say Um, whether that is examples of fantastic practice or examples of bad practice there will be something to be learned and just because you think you may have decided that's the way you're going to do it you've got a way of doing it don't let that stop you from learning or at least appreciating how other people might do it and letting them demonstrate to you how they will do things. Um, Because inevitably I'm still learning from things actually since qualifying because I don't get to do it as often, I really enjoy the chance where I get to work with my other anaesthetic colleagues because we only work alone with our anaesthetists. Um, I enjoy seeing how they set up and how they do Hmm. things because actually uh, they do things sometimes in ways that I don't and and I've I've definitely stolen a few tips and tricks from people who are more experienced. You're
1: always learning, aren't you? Absolutely. That's that's amazing and even I've been qualified a few more years but even now uh, you work with your colleagues or you work in environments where... You get to work with your colleagues because if you work in anaesthetics, that sometimes is a rarity, but working with other people is really helpful. But I mean, uh, uh, take control of your placement, be really realistic about your aims and objectives because there's nothing worse as a mentor to get to the end of the placement and you fail to tell them that you had to achieve some of these objectives by the yeah. end of it. And then everything gets all rushed and, and then you don't have the best learning environment. So being in charge of your placement, but working together with your mentor. Yeah. It's,
0: um really, really important
1: to do. This is
0: hmm. Moving on from uh, people who are students, for CPD, uh, courses that people might wanna do and go on, Justin you're a resource officer oh goodness yeah, you are yes. you are there in the in the hub of things that are really useful to us as practitioners in terms of courses and stuff what courses in the you know of that, that are out there for kind of CPD points or or for people who are maybe going on to wanting to be an instructor or advance their
1: their resource skills I mean, one thing I've certainly noticed speaking to some fellow ODPs and and, and specifically locally it does differ what mm. courses you can access depending on your trust Okay. so I think a lot of trust have stopped sending ODPs from theatres on ILS which would tend to be the immediate life support course yeah. that you would do in an adult setting uh, or pills in a paediatric world but so those, those tend to be the best courses to access as ODPs because it yeah. gives you the ability to be and aware of a real good staged approach A to E mm-hmm. uh, and delivering a really effective defibrillation. Um, the evidence evidently shows that the sooner you prevent the cardiac arrest the sooner they get better yeah. and if they are in cardiac arrest then you're looking to provide early defibrillation to have a better outcome. So those courses are predominantly designed to do that and it is a shame sometimes from a cost saving point of view that people aren't accessing those scores. So yeah. I mean, guys, get in touch with us. Tell us what courses you do from a resuscitation yeah. point of view and in your workplace. Um, obviously, beyond ILS, you're looking at, at ALS, and that's yeah. the next course up. Uh, and that predominantly focuses on the cardiac arrhythmias and safety safe fibrillation in a multitude of different scenarios. Um, even that course is now moved into eALS, so it becomes a one-day course rather than a two-day course. Okay, The first day is predominantly now covered in online learning, so you literally hit the ground running. There's very little lectures, and it's very much focused on that. Um, from what I
0: remember, or mm-hmm. not remember, I haven't done it, but from what I've heard, it's quite an intensive course. It's a, the, you know yeah, people is, no. people can people can fail. It's not like you know yeah. some of the BLS courses you might have gone to in the past mm-hmm. with your trust, where you essentially turn up and and, and, and do a bit of a. Bit of a dance with a mannequin, and yeah. and, and, and you pass. <laughs> you seem that you know. You seem to potentially pass, uh, regardless of your uh, ability. Hopefully not. Hopefully you get good uh, sort of instructing, and you're doing it properly. But um,
1: uh, EALS and ALS seem to be quite intensive. You you really yeah. have to know your stuff. Yeah, yeah. you do, and I, I think sometimes we do get to feel that as ODPS we are the all-knowledge person when it comes mm. to resuscitation, but predominantly, you, you need to do your homework. Mm. Um, it's a great course, but it, you will learn lots and you've got to, to apply yourself to the online learning space. In paediatrics, there's, there's plenty of other courses available. Obviously, we've got the, the, the PILS course, um, and that's a one-day course that predominantly focuses on the sick child, has a little bit of cardiac arrest uh, for the child, but it is a rarity in, in paediatrics in, in, in the day-to-day world. Um, but again it looks at about deteriorating patients and and supporting them and ODPs I see on that course do struggle because a lot of it is very um, ward based but if you've got a good grounding and kind of open your eyes to the world of working on the ward it it can come easy Uh, and of course there's the EPALS, which is the European Pediatric Advanced Life Support Course that's very useful Um, I've just finished two days in Bristol on that teaching on that. that and that's a great course and that's like a pills course kind of Bumpered up really, there's there's so much more content in there. Um, so, I mean, the, the Resource Council have many courses that you can access and, and certainly look into them, but sometimes it can be a problem accessing those courses from a funding point of view. Um, less and less people are now accessing them because their managers don't feel they need to access them. Um, now, you're an instructor
0: how does that happen like i don't i don't know how that you know if i'm if i'm an odp and i'm thinking yeah i'd love to teach uh, there doesn't seem to be a uh How do do I become an instructor? What do I have to do? Yeah, it's a
1: really good question, and and it's a great myth that people think that it's some kind of uh, gentleman's club that you just give someone the wink (laughs) and the nudge and you sort of become an instructor. Uh, To to be an instructor with either within the Recess Council or the Advanced Life Support Group, you have to attend a full course, a course, um, and that will either be the EPALS or the ALS or EALS. Uh, And of course, ALSG have their own courses as well. Um, And and ultimately, you've got to attend that course. Now, throughout the course, each of the candidates are marked uh, on their ability to perform the task. Mm -hmm. uh, And there's a clear grading system for that. And if you are starting to perform really well throughout the course as a really strong candidate, then very early on, the faculty, the lecturers, will identify you as a good, strong candidate. Uh, And then, as a group, we'll look at you to see if you've got the ability to take it a step forward. All instructors aren't all the brainiacs of resuscitation, because to to deliver a skill, you've got to have the ability to be a good instructor, as well as knowing your sound knowledge. Uh, And and so we certainly will then start looking at their kind of personality, their interaction with the other candidates, and their supportiveness. Um, And then, at the end of the course, we then identified if you are an instructor potential, uh, which then the candidate would be informed and they would then follow the process to become an instructor. Now, if you come on a course and actually think, I really enjoy this course and I think I could deliver the course, then you could <laughs> identify to your mentor to say that I'd like to be considered. Okay. Now, some faculty don't like that, but you do have a right as a candidate. And you, you get reminded that on all the welcome presentations on all the courses, that if you're keen to be an instructor, then let your mentor know. Uh, and then that pathway starts quicker. But you still have to follow the same process. It isn't a God-given right. Uh, and truth be known, the faculty have to formally nominate you at the end of the course. Uh, and that's available for most courses now, so on ILS and PILS, uh, and of course the, the bigger, chunky courses as well. Once you've done that, you then need to go and do a, an official, generic instructor course, which is uh, quite a hefty price for the course, mm-hmm. but it, it is a really good course. It gets you to kind of get your head in the kind of medical methodology of teaching, um, and looking at the different approaches to deliver, uh, and then you've then got to follow the next route as a as an instructor candidate, which is then attending the same courses that you've just done, but you're on the other side, and you've then very clearly got to perform uh, and produce some really good lectures uh, and some skill stations and all that kind of stuff, um, and then if you pass all that, you can become an instructor. So it's not an easy pathway, but it starts on attending the course yeah so if you thought
0: you were nervous when you were just attending as a candidate yeah. and you want to be an instructor you're then at the front of the class mm. so.
1: it's a whole different world and of course you then got to deal with the difficult candidates the strong candidates the, the candidates. people like
0: you <laughs> yeah. when you
1: were the candidate yeah it all <laughs> becomes very different and the expectation of you as an instructor and the candidates is is something sometimes difficult to deal with um, but if we want to hear your stories, if you are a fellow instructor or you mm. would like to become an instructor uh, of resuscitation, then you know, let, get in touch with us. We can give you some advice and support throughout the process. That's what we're here for. Uh, like we said, we're not, we're not experts in everything, but there are some things that we're quite good at that we can support you with as fellow ODPs in our big community.
0: Or a funny story. Keep it confidential, but if you can tell us a funny story about <laughs> maybe people you've instructed or an instructor you've had, uh, maybe where something went a bit wrong, who knows. Um, do you have any...
1: Any good ones? Oh my goodness, you put me on the spot now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to police it, but yeah, it, it 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 is interesting as an instructor to see the different candidates come through, and and, and sometimes I love seeing an ODP on the course, um, but it's becoming quite predictable that that the scenarios that some of the ODPs really struggle with. Yes. Um, and I'm not quite sure how to fix that, because sometimes we are in There's a very not enough MH way. in recess, yeah. is what we're saying. <laughs> yes. There is yeah. not yeah. enough yes. milling
0: <laughs> and fibromyalgia yes. in ALS. If, it, it, all, if it was just all that, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what we'll do now is uh, we'll have a little break and then yep. we'll have a look at on social media and we'll be back and we'll go through to find out what's been out there on Twitter and Facebook.
0: So for those on the podcast version of the show we're now going to take a listen to the interview that was recorded with the EasyIO team. We're students and, and, and this is Pipcast.
1: Is. Hi there, it's Justin here. So today Pipcast is live from the EasyIO Teleflex Cadaver airway lab uh, and today um, we're going to be taking part in a three-hour skill station that explores the EZIO and of course airway. Um, it's something that I do routinely as a resuscitation officer teach on these courses uh, but this time it will be the first time that it will be kind of formalized training from EZIO in a real-life scenario with cadavers. Now it's an interesting day um, Now, thankfully the guys at Telefax have agreed to be interviewed throughout the day um, and also, if I can grab some ODPs and theatre staff throughout the day to be interviewed, then I will uh, have a chat with them and see how they feel the course has gone. So I've just finished the introduction presentation lecture. That was a really informative session. Uh, lots of information about uh, the principles behind I.O. It was quite informative. Some new stuff I've learned along the way. Uh, and a really good introduction to the whole experience um, of the course itself. So we're back now to head down to the lab uh, and to meet the specimens uh, from the cadaver lab uh, and start to implement some of the practical skills uh, that we've just been taught within the presentation. This should be an experience. Off we go. Well, I'm fresh out of the lab. It's been quite an interesting experience. Um, I certainly think it was very beneficial because I was able to actually uh, insert quite a few easy IOs using all the key landmarks uh, into real specimens and so the feedback you get from that is fantastic and you're really well supported with uh, the kind of clinical experts that are in the room. Um, We were split into groups uh, which meant that we can kind of work in little focus groups and work together and support each other. Uh, the candidates on the course are a mixed bag of people. There's a couple of ODPs that we're going to try and talk to later. Uh, lots of student ODPs and lots of medics. So it's a, a real multi-professional session. So it's all really good. Uh, we're going to have some coffee now. Uh, we've been greeted with an evaluation form, so we're going to make a start on that. Uh, and then the next station, we'll be back into the lab to focus on some practical airway skills so that's the end of the day I've just come out of the airway station that was a really good experience again we were able to use some of the technologies that Teleflex have to support airways from oral pharyngeal airways to laryngeal mask airways uh, and their multitude of variations within that brand using their bag valve masks uh, we used use a kaleidoscope which isn't a teleflex product but it talks about video guided assistance intubation that was quite lovely uh, to be experienced to that kind of stuff I've, I've, done, I've seen it i've done it before i've prepped it before but actually having a non-stressful environment to have a go with it was good I got to intubate some of the specimens uh, effectively using the video laryngoscope um, so that was that was good. That was good. So I'm now going to go and find uh, Dr. Tim Collins, who is the kind of lead clinician for Teleflex, who is leading today's session. Uh, and I'm going to go and try and talk to him and interview him. But before, it's going to be a cup of coffee and another evaluation form. I'm so as I mentioned before, I've taken part in this fantastic IO uh, cadaver procedural lab day. It's been fantastic. And thankfully, the guys from Teleflex have agreed to sit down with me and have a chat about the day. So I'm, a guy, I'm with a guy called uh, Dr. Tim Collins. Uh, who has agreed to talk to me. Tim, how are you doing?
2: Hi, I'm well, thank you. Uh,
1: Tim, just introduce yourself. What's your role within the company?
2: So, my name's um, Tim Collins. Uh, My background is... um, I'm actually a registered nurse, but I'm a PhD doctor. Um, And my background's in critical care. I've been a consultant nurse in the past and a senior lecturer in critical care and a Lead Nurse for Critical Care um, in Outreach. Um, I've, I'm the Clinical Manager at Teleflex. Um, I'm responsible for the education programs and the cadaveric program that you've just attended. Um, I'm still a registered clinician. I still work practically as well. And we work for the non-commercial arm of the company, which means we're responsible for ensuring good education practice, evidence-based practice, and good, high-quality excellence in our courses that we run. Um, at Teleflex
1: okay so what kind of courses do you run that our listeners want to hear about
2: we run a number of courses and um, this course in particular was our easy IO and our airway lab which runs for about three and a half hours um, the lab specific outcomes are is to give the evidence base behind um, intraosseous um, the benefits of using intraosseous in terms of how um, putting a humoral IO in into the humorous Um, if it's inserted correctly will be um, three seconds to the heart you'll get drug delivery. So within three seconds you can get fluid to the heart and um, a minimum of, well, an average of about five litres an hour of fluid can go through the and um, the humerus as well. So we can use it for certain um, emergency trauma and critically ill situations. Um, so we cover the lab, we go through um, the theory of EZIO, the theory of IO, and then what we then do on the cadaveric specimens, um, we then um, actually practice um, the humeral, the tibial um, insertions. Um, So we're really relating theory to practice. And by doing this, it really gives confidence on individuals to go away um, to, um, to, to implement this into the practice so that we can give, you know, best practice and good outcomes for patient care on the shop floor. Um, once we've done easy I/O and intraosseous, we then have a break, um, short break, and then we move into um, the airway station. And in the airway part of the course, the objectives are is to get people the confidence. Um, the knowledge and the theory behind managing an airway and also relating this to um, the difficult airway society algorithm, um, so people who kn- uh, know how to manage an airway using a step-by-step approach. And we do this for a scenario, first of all, on dry mannequins, um, very much like as an ALS approach. We go through the step-by-step approach from basic airway to intubation through direct laryngoscopy and we also cover video laryngoscopy as well. Once we've done this on dry uh, mannequin, we then go to the cadaveric tissue and we follow the same scenario base where people can actually intubate through direct laryngoscopy and video laryngoscopy and do um, all the, the airway methods on a cadaveric specimen. We also remove the chest plate off a specimen and people can also see the significance of how a laryngeal mask airway, um, the laryngeal mask protector airway um, can actually maintain PEEP and maintain ventilation and we then cover the anatomy with the chest plate off very visually of exposing the anatomy um, from a very practical side and people can visualise that. Thank
1: you, Tim. I mean, I've just spent the last three hours with you guys and the company reps and the the kind of clinical guys, and it it was a really great course as an ODP to see some of those, kind of the magic behind the theory. But um, I I know some people might have some reservations about actually having hands-on experience with with, with cadavers, with dead people. I mean... uh, how do you try to
2: reassure people
1: that actually it's not the end of the world and it is a good experience
2: i mean i mean a cadaveric experience is very unique um obviously it's a more it is human tissue so your no simulator can replicate human tissue however we are aware that some people it may not be for them some people choose not to do that but we 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 have a number of people um available to support we are aware that people may not want to to do this some people go in some people um, have a break they come out they have a drink that's absolutely fine we support them with that what we try to do is we cover the the, um, the from the no, uh, uh, from the upper nose, so you can't see the full face. You can't see the eyes of the cadavers. Um, all the cadavers are um, um, uh, available in Human Tissue Act approved sites, so HTA approved sites, and we follow strictly the legislation in the Human Tissue Act laws, okay. yeah. um, where all the the specimens have donated. Um, for um, medical education, which is what we're providing, yeah. and we provide the utmost dignity and respect to the donors um, during the, the procedural lab.
1: That was a quite a very reassuring part. I mean, we started today with a great presentation from yourself and, you know, the, the kind of, privilege of being able to, to have hands-on experience with a person that's given up their body and, and consented to be part of medical research was really reassuring and so it was quite nice to be part of that and feel that actually this patient in front of me when they were alive decided to donate their body to medical science so that was really really good. Um, so I mean Flex is a huge company and um, not everyone will be able to be released from their workplace to take part in such a fantastic course that this is but I mean beyond here and if you want to access some of the amazing resources that Teleflex has gone where would you kind of point people to
2: okay there's two ways to do this you can either go to google and type in Easy Io education or Easy IO lab that will come up very um, top of the list on your google search or you can actually go to our designated education website which is www.teleflex.com forward slash education but quite simply, if you just type in I/O Education into Google, that will come up. There's a wealth of resources there. There is um, videos, there's competencies, there is PowerPoint presentations and there is also dates available for future labs advertised on there as well. well.
1: That's really good and that's that's great. Well thank you Tim. I mean how on earth did you get into this job? What's well, your background? How do you suddenly get to this level?
2: Uh, yeah so like I said my background's been in critical care, emergency, uh, nursing. Um, I've got a strong background in education, my PhD's in education and um, what I really like about working at Teleflex is they really respect me as a clinician. I'm still a a clinician and still mm, practice and um they really value that clinical component and the education that goes with the job we have a great faculty um involved uh, most of the faculty like myself are ALS and EPLS instructors okay. um, and we regularly teach on UK resuscitation courses okay um and we really um work well as a faculty to try to have a mixture of in hospital yeah. and pre hospital multi professional team
1: well uh, and i certainly got that sense as a fellow instructor it was nice to be immersed into such high quality of people around me so that's great well thank you tim thank you for your time and thank you for telling effects for agreeing to do this interview and uh hopefully our listeners will be engaged to go on the website and look at future courses are there more courses around that they can access yeah we
2: try the, the courses where we run labs we run labs um obviously at bristol where we are today newcastle coventry uh, manchester um royal st andrews in scotland and we're trying to get a lab in London, and we'll be running labs also in Nottingham. So we run them around the country.
1: Lovely. And I know today people have travelled some distance to come to Bristol. So it's nice to know that it's kind of had a, a national feel to it. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you once again for your time, and uh, and good luck. <laughs> so on every good course there's always an ODP and I found a few on the course today which was fantastic and they all had a really good experience but I managed to tie down one of the many student ODPs that are accessing the courses and we've got one with us Paula how are you yeah
3: good thanks Paula
1: who are you tell me about yourself
3: um so I'm a student ODP four
1: weeks away from qualifying wow you're nearly there
3: nearly.
1: goodness me and where are you based
3: I'm based in
1: Bristol oh okay fantastic how was the course was it good Yeah, it was fantastic. Lovely, big up the Bristol team, so that's good. So Paula, how did you find that course?
3: For me, it was a fantastic anatomy lesson. Ah, good. So anatomy in practice, seeing where everything sits. Yeah. And actually implications of what we do.
1: Okay, right, lovely. So, and of course, there's slightly difference, isn't it, from what you find in a textbook and what you find actually in a real person. So that was quite good. The anatomy session aside, the clinical skills that you were being introduced to, was that useful?
3: Yes, it was very, very useful.
1: I mean, there was a nice airway station, wasn't it? Which is quite nice to actually get hands on. And we got to meet some of the equipment that Teleflex promote. I mean, it wasn't hard sale, but it was quite nice to see what technology they've got.
3: Yeah, it's nice to see the different deviations into what we're using at the moment.
1: Good. I mean, it's a bit of an obvious thing, isn't it? But why did you do the course?
3: For me, it's extra airway and anatomy um, education. I'm going out into the big wide world by myself shortly. Ooh, mm,
1: scary times.
3: So, a bit of support.
1: Yeah, no, that's good, and hopefully that's enhanced not only your anatomy, but also your airway skills, and of course the EZIO bit as well. I think you mentioned in our pre-talk that you've seen an IO use now. Mm-hmm. What was that used on? Uh,
3: used on a paediatric patient. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Oh, well, that's fantastic. That's good to hear that they are using uh, IO technology within that age range within paediatrics. How do you think that's going to improve your practice? So that's going to be on today.
3: I think it'll give me confidence in an emergency situation to actually say, use the drill actually, let's, let's go for an access, yeah. um,
1: and it's not a failure. No, no, you're right, you're right. There's, there there's so many roles as an ODP that we signpost people down the right route. You have clearly, it's on the head there, you will now bring out the EZIO, when you watch that registrar, that consultant, the SHO, the F1, whatever you want to call them, that they're trying to cannulate in a deteriorating patient, you've now got another option. Yeah. There is isn't automatic failure. We ask most of the student ODPs and ODPs that come on our show, um, because the listeners really want to know, because it's a big problem for us all, how do you think we could promote the role of the ODP so everybody knows what an ODP is all about?
3: Yeah, and people asking what you do for a living is always hard. Yeah. Um, So I I do tell people what I do. But also, recently at uni, there's been a primary school group brought in. Okay. Um, So we're talking little ones that are taught basic... Life-saving skills. Great. So a bit of chest massage going on, practising a bit of operating. And those kids didn't think about the what if. They okay. went for it.
1: Okay, that's good. That demystifies it a little bit, is not it? And it if we does. can start them young, then hopefully they'll grow up to be ODPs in the future because we certainly need them. Mm. Well, Paula, thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed the course. And, uh, and if you can, promote, share, like, comment, whatever you can for Pipcast, that will be much, much appreciated. And good luck with the rest of your career. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. So, uh, as I said, there were some ODPs on the course and so I've just found another one. Her name is Sophie. Sophie, how are you doing?
4: I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah,
1: good, thank you. I'm just... Uh, well, it's been a long old day, but it's been a great course. Uh, Sophie, you're an ODP, but let the listeners know a little bit about you. Where have you come from? What do you do? What do you specialise in?
4: So, I'm actually working as agency at the minute. Okay. So, I'm working in the southwest area, mostly at Southwood Hospital and the Children's Hospital. Okay. Working between the two.
1: Fantastic. How long have you been qualified?
4: So, I've been qualified five years now. Oh, okay. We're just coming up to five years now. It doesn't seem like five years. But and have you
1: done agency all that time?
4: No, so I've been agency for the last three years. Okay. So, I was substantive for two years before that and then made the jump to agency. Yeah.
1: How's life in agency?
4: It's good. Is it's it good? good. I mean, it's travelling from one place to another, um, different things each day. I mean, I've been lucky enough to find pretty much full time work in certain places, so I'm not doing much travelling. But no, good. it's it's really good. It's definitely a, definitely different from just being substantive
1: yeah and it kind of gives you the freedom that you want which you need and it yeah. works for some people it, it definitely
4: doesn't. does it's allowed me to do courses outside of work it's allowed me to have more free time it's yep. allowed me to have have a life outside the hospital really. Good. yeah that
1: sounds good so uh, Sophie you have just done the easy IO yes. uh, airway could have a lab how did you find it
4: Really interesting, really, okay. really interesting actually. It was, a, it was a lot better than I thought. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I didn't know what to expect. It was okay. a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I think be.
1: everyone that I spoke to today had that same feel. So, yeah. I mean, what did you expect?
4: I don't really know, actually. Okay. This is the first course I've been on of this kind. Obviously, I've never worked with cadavers before. Also, I've never seen an easy I.O. used before. So oh, okay. this has been very, very useful.
1: Very are, you, are, you, are you now converted? Do you see it as a tool that you might think, actually... I'm going to signpost the medics, or in fact, think about having it around if you were in that situation where a patient would need it.
4: I would not be terrified to suggest it anymore, (laughs) or terrified to set up the kit. Good.
1: Well, that's good. Well, that's well. Then clearly, they've ticked all the right boxes. Definitely. And and the airway station side of it was that useful.
4: So it it was interesting, but I think that would be very interesting for people that aren't really airway focused. Okay. Or or there was a lot of students here today as well, so. That, that you know seemed very interested in, in what was going on and obviously I've been, I've been doing this for five years so I have, have put a few tubes and LMAs in so it was useful to do definitely yeah. but I think the students definitely benefited from from that station.
1: Yeah I think I quite enjoyed the bit when they took the front plate off and you could really see what yes. was going on I mean you know there, there wasn't any magical oh that's how it works because you kind of once you've been doing the job long enough you know it but it's nice to be reminded.
4: Yeah, and actually, like you said, when, when they'd exposed the lungs and seen peep in action was actually, yep. that was interesting. Yeah, was good. that's good.
1: And it's good to know that that technology can be put onto a bag valve mask itself. Yeah. So what was the highlight of the course? It's three hours, lots of information thrown at you, what's the biggest highlight?
4: I think definitely the getting to actually insert easy IOs. Okay. So obviously as I've said, I've, I've, never, I've never even seen one in a patient before, so okay. I think learning about them as well and learning about the wristband that's attached to the limbs and Pain on injection, as well, I had no idea about that, yep, um and to once again to insert them on an actual human, yep, he was obviously nicely donated their body yeah
1: to, uh, to I, how did you manage how did you feel with that Did it? Mean?
4: it felt very strange, it yep. felt very strange, and obviously all privacy and dignity was kept yep. nicely, so it was it was done very tactfully, but yep. it did it did feel strange to know that well this is this is a human, this is human flesh that I'm putting this easy eye on it's not like when you do it on like a mannequin where it's very much plastic this very much did feel like you were putting an easy eye into a real person because you were
1: yeah right, you were so, and, and you can't beat that kind of feedback you get from it and right. i think i've said that before so i mean out of all those skills what's the biggest thing you're going to take home to use in your everyday practice
4: um well once again definitely the easy IO aspect a yep, bit and more the, familiar
1: with it you're certainly going to grab it if you feel yeah, you need it the
4: difficult vascular access a bit more awareness on that and, uh, and the use of it, and also how to take them out, an easy way of removing them.
1: Okay, yeah, so, that's useful, isn't it?
4: Yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Well, thank you so much. Now, we are asking most of the ODPs that we interview that come on the show. Um, one of the biggest questions is that how can we promote the profession of the Operated Department practice in a better? I think in some areas, and we've featured on the PIPcast where we've had examples of really good uh YouTube videos we've seen people at universities promote but I mean how, how do you explain to someone what you are how do you say I'm an ODP
4: so I, I have this conversation with almost every patient yeah. that, that I meet you know hi I'm Sophie I'm your ODP today oh what, what's what's that and then you do have to do the whole explaining of things and often get mistaken for a nurse okay. as well okay yeah um, it's it's quite hard to explain to every single person you come across what an ODP is. So it's it's really nice actually to come across people that do know what ODP is. So like the course today, yeah. when they went through the whole oh who everyone is, do we have any nurses here, and then do so we so we have any ODPs here? It was like yes, yeah, finally we been recognised.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Well, that's but, good. And how do you think we can promote that? I mean, is there any bright ideas? Have you got anything that you can think we could try and improve? Uh,
4: I can't think of anything that's not already been done. I've got a yeah. close friend that's currently working at the university. Yeah. Uh, Oxford Brooks who she, they, they've had meetings with they've met with primary school children doing activity days and
1: yeah so I spoke to Paula who was on the course today who also mentioned that because she's a student ODP oh, okay. that she linked that same thing she yes. said that she was aware that her one of her lectures has brought some primary school kids yeah. and they and they get hands-on and that that seemed to be really good yeah. so it's quite nice to see that you're also promoting that
4: yeah I mean it'd be quite nice to get involved in career days and things like okay, that as well because yeah. I can remember when I was in high school career days obviously you'd have nurses you'd have midwives they'd be a a doctor there, yeah. I hadn't heard of the ODP course at all until okay. I was yeah. applying for nursing and then yeah. I came across the ODP course and I was like, do you know what, if I'd have known about this beforehand I would have applied for this. Yeah,
1: I think lots of people stumble across it and yes. they think, oh, this sounds quite good and I know my yeah. journey was very much like yeah. that. But, I, uh, I do
4: quite like asking students, so oh, how, did, how did you come across the course then? How did you yeah. find out about this?
1: Good, good. Well, that's, that's great to hear. Obviously nothing new, but I mean, ultimately it's just keep going on and I think over the years it has got better. Yes. I think more and more people are knowing about it. I mean, I heard on my local radio the other day that our local NHS trusts were advertising and they weren't advertising anything other than an operating department practitioner. Oh, so right. that was a term that was on my normal heart radio. So that's quite good. Yeah, uh, and is. so it's, that's working. Well, thank you, Sophie. Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, speaking to us at Pipcast. As, you, as I tell everybody, please like, share, comment, rate, promote Pipcast. We'll always like that. And uh, thank you once again.
4: Thank you very much.
3: This is uh, Paul from Perioperative Logbook
0: and you're listening to PIPcast. We've just been on a bit of social media uh, on CBD for ODP, um, uh, a lady called Tracy Williams who we know uh, from the AFPP conference, yeah. um, and me, I also met her at the SHU conference, um, she's gathering evidence for ODPs in relation to those patient group directives uh, that we want and need so badly to help develop our profession and move it forward. Um, so. It's a plea from us and a plea from her. Um, if you are, um, if you know any examples of uh, when patient care hasn't been optimal because yourself or your colleague uh, hasn't been able to give a patient group directive, um, can you please let her know? Um, she's Tracy Williams on the Facebook group of CPD for ODP I believe you can contact AFPP as well um, and forward they'll forward that information on to Tracy Williams. I've I've Um, recently
1: experienced that myself we've uh, got a new PGD within our trust that covers the ability to give uh, adrenaline in cardiac arrest and emergency drugs and it's all very much packaged in a PGD Uh, everyone's celebrating that's in place uh, and I was quick to remind people that I'm an ODP and I can't follow PGDs in the current format. Yeah, uh, and, and that was a bit of a shocker to most people, knowing how we're uh, a profession in our own right, allied healthcare professionals. I mean, I'll get to work alongside some paramedics in those roles, and they were shocked with that. Uh, and I can certainly see that limiting me. Uh, in delivering official care to patients as a resource officer.
0: Absolutely, that seems to be the Ian Street, one of the replies, who's yeah. another recess yeah. officer. EDP, ODP, recess officers. We've of got a whole family coming now. Um, he seems to have the same challenges. And Jason, who uh, talking about a, uh, ODP working in A and E. When we get Tom on the show, we'll certainly ask him about the the challenges involved. Um, but that the, they have a difficult time because they cannot, they cannot. Um, they cannot uh, use PGDs Um, for their patients when they need them the most which is in an emergency Um, um, there's a question here from Victor Melwood in the CPD forum Uh, it's talking about New Zealand if there's an age limit um, when looking to acquire employment over in New Zealand or Australia he happens to be a mature student at the moment Uh, I don't know this information but I know Mm. that a lot of our uh, listeners um, a lot of the prospective students we have one of the key things they like about our job is that ability to travel two places like Australia, New Zealand um, Amsterdam or uh, Holland I know they they do the course and um, if, if you can manage to get the kind of respiratory tech angle some people go to Canada as well yeah um as far as I know there's not an age limit some people said um, there's no age limit for New Zealand and it's around 45 for, for Australia but um, if anyone has any experience in, uh, practi- in training over here maybe working over here and then doing the whole application process and going over to New Zealand or, or Australia please get in contact with us it'd be yeah. really helpful to, for, for all of our practitioners to actually hear from you uh, how you did it uh, what were the difficult bits what would you if you did it again uh, would you maybe uh, prepare for or better or do differently, um, and whether that's about getting accommodation over there beforehand, um, getting tests or vaccinations or whatever you need to get before you actually um, go out there
1: and do it. It's like it. It sounds exciting, doesn't it? I, the, the whole, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm a settled kind of man now, I've got a family sorted, but I know uh, any, I know surely they'd love New Zealand. Well, they would, yeah, but if only it was just easy like can't that. Can't stop like, in New Zealand as uh, well, yeah, <laughs> All different guidelines. but I mean, it. it, it it, it, people do it, and I, we'd yeah. love to hear from you. So if you are working in New Zealand or any of the other countries that you can as an ODP, um, get in touch with us. Tell us how you did that, yeah. because I think I think everybody out there would like to know how you did that. Um, so yeah, any other questions on on CBD for ODP? It's a it's a great place on Facebook. Uh, obviously, we don't own it, but it's it's got a massive membership, yeah. uh, and it's great for us as as Pipcast uh, to reach out to you guys. Uh,
0: We've got a few people who are advertising jobs. Uh, If you are or have an NHS trust or department or... um, place of work uh, or maybe even agency or something who want to maybe advertise your jobs uh with pipcast please get in touch with us yeah. uh, we're happy to come if you've got a particularly interesting department that's got a unique feature or theater or or bit of tech or where you um sort of educate your employees or whatever uh get in touch with us we can maybe do a feature on the show um more than happy to get that involved. Getting more ODPs employed out there into into you know really nice nice interesting places to work. Um, get in contact with us uh, on the email, which is uh, ODP Pipcast at gmail.com um, So yeah, a few jobs coming up, including uh, physicians assistant. Now, let, yeah. let's why don't we have a discussion about this? The, the 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 physicians associate job. How do you feel about that as a role? As a as an ODP first, uh, and then you know in in the wider world as a recess officer. Uh, and them getting involved. I know we have one in our trust that we're currently in. Yes. Do you know if they get involved in recess calls or not, anything like that? Not as
1: far as I know. Um, and it's one of those things that it, I think it's it's steadily growing. I know when yeah. it first launched years ago that it was something that was worrying to some people, not so worrying to others. Yeah. Uh, and I think people. Expected it to explode in such a way that everyone would start to want to do it. Yeah. But actually, I think there isn't that many around, is there? I no. Know the Sheffield Hallam University, you had one there. Yes, I think um, there's
0: 100. I think you said 174, 180 something. That you okay. know, less. You know. And
1: they're not all ODP backgrounds, are they? No. So no. They come different pathways yeah. as well. So it's interesting to see that role develop, um, and interesting to see that it's still carrying on. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it is going to be something that all ODPs are going to want to do. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's one of those things. It's nice to stay in theatres because, I know as ODPs, we are constantly saying, or oh, what else can I do outside of, outside yeah. of theatres? But I means you can stay where you were trained, but then develop your skills. So I think it's exciting. Um, I, I, I just worry about the support and the, and, the, and the supervision. Yeah,
0: it's it's an interesting role. It seems to be born. If I've got my history right, and I'm I'm more than happy to be corrected if anyone knows this differently. Um, it, it was a role that was born out of necessity, in that we they were looking at the anesthetic training numbers, and the yeah. the applications were down. They were going to have a shortfall of anesthetists, and so this role was developed of kind of a a nurse anesthetist. Yes, yeah. this, this physician's assistant, which is um, similar to the roles that already happen in the states and 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 uh, Canada and places like that. Um, As opposed to your anesthesiologist, which is your anesthetist, because just let's add some more letters for that to make it it more complicated to say. Um, And from that, we got X amount of these uh, physicians associate in anesthetics. and then, unfortunately, uh, everyone decided they wanted to do anesthetics again. Apparently, lycra was coming back in fashion. Uh, <laughs> you know, cycling was on the up. Coming back? Uh, I thought it never was. <laughs> yeah. Cycling was on the up, and when you get an increase in cycling, you automatically get an increase in uh, anaesthetics um because yes that's, that right, is that right, is the correlation right. yes, I think yes. you see that is I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna and coffee I'm gonna claim that yeah. as a fact I'm yeah. gonna go full Trump and say that is a fact <laughs> more cyclists equal more anaesthetists um so the actual need for physicians associates has actually waned uh slightly particularly um in the southwest uh where we are uh, I think we only have one or two um but the demand really there's not enough. There is too, There are too many anesthetists for there to be
1: a demand for it down here. Do you I, think that's going to be consistent? Do you think with the with uh, the junior contracts? I, uh, I think there's not enough people to go around. I know, within Bristol, that that's yeah. starting to slightly be a worrying area. Yeah, uh, and it, it will be interesting to see how
0: that how that follows through. Whether we get more of these. Uh, um, I suppose there'd be nurse. Nurse practitioner level, advanced ODP mm. roles that are physicians' associates or surgical care practitioners, or whether they will look to do some kind of apprenticeship scheme yeah. to take not doctors, nurses, physios. Oh, sorry, nurses, ODPs, physios, and make them uh, you know fully fledged doctors, medics in their own right. Um, be interesting. I know that with the uh, apprentice ODPs. Um, I don't know if they look to do a similar system to that. I mean, if that's something you would be interested in, it'd be interesting to hear from you. Um, something I wouldn't mind, uh, mm. you know, uh, having you know, being able to do it that way yeah. as opposed to going through £50,000 worth of debt at university.
1: Goodness me. Yeah. Yes, that always dreads the skills on everyone, isn't it? But uh, yeah. 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 I mean, talking about university, Craig, you've gone back. I have. Yeah, you're back yes. at university now. What are you studying?
0: So I'm doing a masters in uh, managing care uh, in perioperative and anaesthetic practice. Uh
1: long title. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we.
0: Yes. <laughs> long title essentially I'm doing a masters in in being an ODP. Yeah. It is is the is the general gist of it but uh specifically in the anaesthetic side. Yeah. Um the course is run out of Cardiff University um which is where I did my ODP training um and it is a fantastic opportunity that I would wholeheartedly recommend. Um, any ODP who can do, who wants to further education, uh, do a Masters or this this course actually has the option to do just a postgraduate um, uh, higher certificate, okay. um, diploma and stuff like that, you can do that instead of, instead of doing the full Masters um, so it involves four taught modules, uh, so one of those is research methods in healthcare okay. and healthcare improvement, uh, which I've started um, I can say it is enjoyable but <laughs> getting back into the swing of things of learning is is difficult yeah um there is a uh pathophysiology of uh cardio the cardio respiratory system okay uh that's one module which is a real uh, having looked at my lectures coming up which will be in february um because i'm doing the course part-time um that's fantastic i mean that you really are going into uh in-depth mechanics of um respiratory ventilation co2 transfer um heart conductivity and things like that essentially all the bits we did in terms of anatomy and physiology is particularly with the heart it really nails down into that uh, um really to a level that um if you're interested in that in that particular area then it's it's really worth doing i'm i'm really yeah. looking forward to it uh, and then next year i will be doing a module in advanced anaesthetic practice and, and and advanced sort of skills behind that there is no practical element to it i don't have to start doing you know 50 intubations central lines anything like that it is not necessarily a advanced clinical practitioner course okay um there is there is it is mostly you know sort of theory based whether my trust or your trust if you go and do this course does does allow for that is is completely uh, completely down to them i imagine um and lastly for me the optional module i chose as well was um facilitating teaching and learning for healthcare professionals uh, uh, okay. very interesting teaching uh, really enjoy mentoring students and it will just help me uh, immensely with uh, advancing my role in that um so yeah completely looking forward to that particular part there are tons of options for um Uh, ODPs though if you're interested in health economics uh, leadership anything like that um, that is all in there um, for optional modules for you Um, so if you are an ODP that's looking to um, either fund it yourself um, and go to university and go and go and do a course like this or if you're looking to have your trust take you on one of these. Some of these yeah. modules you can do as a standalone module. Okay. So if you're even just looking to maybe top up to a degree or things like that, there are there are modules out there for you that will uh, that will be of use to you, as well as getting you those extra credits for your degree or for your masters.
1: Oh, well, that's good. That sounds very exciting. How is it feeling back in education again?
0: It, it's fine. I, like it's not been too much of a break. Um, the difficult thing is juggling it with. Um, the uh, sort of part-time education, but full-time um, working. Yeah. So I am taking my days off to go to university, um, and then having to do my essays and and, and everything around that.
1: Okay. So I'm well, doing it. And then, and do I mean, it. you've got a nice packed lunchbox and, and a pencil case. You got <laughs> <about this? laughs> I did. I did get some. I did get some new new uh,
0: new stationery. Ah, uh, good. We always yes. like a good stationery. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So it's good, but uh, and there's a boots on site Boot. for my lunch. That's good. That's good. That's or, good. or or or
1: the lounge wow. where you can
0: you can get you know pints for a pound.
1: What's it feel like being a student again? Now, I've not, ta- not taken advantage of that. Have, you're not, uh, have, have yeah. you got a student discount card yet? Have you got sort of that yes, yes, right? yes.
0: That was a f- that was the first thing that got sorted. Um, <laughs> so anyone who needs uh, an Apple computer at <laughs> discounted rates, <laughs> get right. in contact with me. <laughs> <laughs> I will pass on at least half of
1: the savings to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, dear me. Well, that's good. Well, good luck, Craig. I think that's going to be great. and I think we'll all look forward to seeing how you uh, develop that and uh, on future episodes you can yes. let us know some interesting insights Yes. This is
0: so unfortunately <laughs> listeners we have just been reviewing some of the playback <laughs> from Periscope that you may or may not have seen live uh, and it appears our mic cuts out pretty much after about 10 to 15 mm. seconds.
1: I'm not quite sure why
0: that is. Um, not sure why. Um, so we apologise for that. If you did see our faces for a little bit, that uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, without the sound, then the the audio that comes with this podcast is essentially what uh, yes. what we were talking about during that
1: whole thing. We do love a bit of technology. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Speaking of future episodes, mm. what have we got coming up in the next few weeks, months, years, the future of PipCast? Um, I know we've got an interview coming up with uh, Helen Lowe, who an organized the SHU conference. Um, I spoke about her development framework uh, that she has um, started up. Uh, we're going to do a fantastic episode around that. Uh, we've done a, a big interview with her all about the framework, how it works, what it means, what it would mean for us as, for ODPs. This, this is something that will create a way forward for us as ODPs. To continue to advance as practitioners,
1: yeah. but still remain ODPs, sounds like the Holy Grail that yes. we've been looking for. Yes, to. so, so uh, that would certainly be a, a fantastic episode. Uh, and we're going to certainly have an interview with a guy called Tom. Um, he is a ODP that works in ED. In fact, he calls himself the ED practitioner, uh, and he has a story. He has a history that he wants to talk to us about because yeah. uh, it is one of those most frequent questions that we see on social media that. How do ODPs work in ED? How do you get over those PGDs? uh, And what do you do as an ODP in ED? Uh, And Tom is certainly uh, out there and very proud of being an ODP in ED. Uh, I know some of you also do that. So if you've got anything that you want to tell us that you are doing in your world, then let us know. Uh, But Tom is going to speak to us uh, and we're going to record an interview with him. uh, And hopefully he'll have some nuggets of information that will be really helpful for you.
0: Yeah. Uh, We're also looking at uh, different educational pieces for... Working current practitioners as well as students, um, we've been in contact with a number of different uh, anesthetists and uh, other practitioners who are willing to do a little informal chat, but essentially around their area of expertise. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's one who's uh, looking at uh, sort of. First, world, uh, sorry, third world medicine, third world anesthetics, and how you go about that. Uh, potentially, might have um, one of the anesthetists talk about um, congenital heart disease and, yeah. and anesthetizing for that. Uh, the pitfalls about that neurosurgical um, anesthesia. Uh, what we look out for for that. What you know. What do you need to know as the ODP? What do the anesthetists need to know? Uh, you know, why are you worried at certain points of operations and not others. Um, what is important? What is mannitol? What is mannitol? <laughs> what is mannitol? Why a is it 20%? A why man, do we it? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> why, why do we use it? Um, and all sorts of things like that. And hopefully get something that will be useful as a development tool for for you, for the practitioners who listen to this show um, as well. I think
1: we're going to get this on to talk about uh, the Vortex approach. So it's a, yes. an, a kind of an Australian Version of the Difficult Airway Society's guidelines, it's pre- predominantly the same. There's very strong similarities, yeah. but It's about how to apply the difficult airway society algorithm into a human factors technical skill and non technical skill process. Uh, And so we've got a few anesthetists that are really keen to talk to us about that. Uh, And there are a few pilot sites appearing across the United Kingdom that are embracing the Vortex. Uh, And we're happy to say that Bristol is one of those. And as an ODP on the Recess team, Uh, I'm part of the working party. ODP on the
0: Recess team. I know, what is
1: all that (laughs) about? So that's going to be quite exciting. And I think if you can hear what the Vortex is all about, hopefully, quite sold by it because it, yeah. it embraces a lot of the skills that we celebrate in theatres so it's going to be great
0: it's got a cool name Yeah, that's the, the most vortex. important thing yeah. the yeah. we
1: are activating
0: the vortex system <laughs> um, uh, what else we're uh, also going to have uh, an obstetrician and gynecologist to talk about emergencies in pregnancy yeah. and, and particularly at the point of delivery whether that be uh, caesarean section the things that can happen there or potentially even things like uh, shoulder dystocias and why that's so dangerous um, for everyone involved and why, uh, essentially, what we can do to help that. And and we can also talk about some of the courses as well um, that we'll be on for that. But as for this week, yes, that is uh, Pipcast done. Sorry it's been a bit of a ramble from us. We were trying to do this sort of uh, Periscope live thing, but... uh, had some issues with the sound there we'll try and work it out for next time we do apologize for that we hope you've enjoyed listening to it uh even if you have essentially just been watching us gesticulate for the last half hour or so (laughs) um uh,
1: suitably edited, so it actually sounds interesting along the way
0: (laughs) absolutely really hope you enjoyed the interviews with sophie and tim collins and paula um during the easio interviews um it was really interesting to hear Tim talk about the actual uh, EZIO itself. We will put dates up for future courses if you wanna, if you're interested in attending those courses. We'll put the dates up for that in this description. Um, and it's really nice getting delegates' sort of opinions, both a sort of student, newly qualified ODP and and, yeah. um, and experienced ones, uh, on the whole show. But that's it from us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode of Pipcast. Uh, and from me, it's goodbye. And from me, it's also goodbye.
1: Take care.
3: This is Pitcoast.